Hello and welcome everyone to a new episode of the podcast Self Evolution Regardless. And this episode will be focusing on the topic of being the extension of the narcissist. And being the extension of the narcissist, the extension, the term extension itself is a very important term to talk about because essentially it when when the narcissist always asks for supply and always asks for excessive and obsessive amount of interest and praise and attention and when it's double standard definitely it, the the rule only applies to you and it doesn't apply to the narcissist because they're they're the ones who made the rules, so why would it apply on them? You know what I'm saying? That's double standard thinking. And essentially, when they devalue you, when they tell you not to do stuff for no particular reason, really, when they love bomb you to show that they quote unquote care about you, um, when they compare your achievements others when they don't really take into consideration your efforts to try to please them and only look at what you did that would displease them the guilt tripping um and when they use word salads with you when they they pick you for the smallest things you talk about when they use word salads when they rewrite history according to what they want that would best um, fit for them, that would be best convenient for them, um, and all these. But especially when they see you as nothing but an extension, which means that you could only, all you have to do is think the way they do, do what they ask you to do, say what they ask you to say, follow their lead, and like the things they like, dislike the things they dislike, admire the people they admire, ignore people they ignore, judge and insult and be offensive to certain people that they are also judgmental, insulting, and offensive towards. Yeah, that's all that matters. Basically, you don't matter at all. You have nothing to really consider or just talk about or concentrate on. Who are you? <laughs> like, seriously. You are nothing but the end of the stick the narcissist throws at. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. You remain the end of a stick that they prolong or extend. Yeah, that's the verb I was looking for. You don't get to choose another point. You don't get to choose to think outside the box. You don't get to choose at all. There's no point of choosing with a narcissist if you're still stuck with them you don't you don't get to choose you don't get to be distinct and different and just be on your own 
be an individual, no. You're supposed to be an extension that the narcissist will use and abuse because it's convenient for them until it's very much fulfilled their needs, which are never really fulfillable in the first place, until they're satisfied, which they're not really satisfiable at all, until they have enough which will never be in a million years possible in the real world. And if they decide at one point they will discard you, they will. And they won't have second, uh, you know, second thoughts about it. If they want to discard you, they will. And best be ready for that. Okay? Now, there is a specific situation that I'd like to talk about when it comes to being the extension of the narcissist. Because, I mean, there are different situations when it comes to this. It depends on the context. For example, it's different... Um, when we talk about the workplace situation, because you're obviously the extension of your employer, and it's different when we're talking about friend, uh, friendship, uh, contexts and situations. If you are the extension of the main leader of the gang, let's say, uh, you can only serve as a flying monkey to the narcissist that they're gonna have to always use and abuse and exploit and take advantage of mercilessly and with no remorse at all. And it differs uh, the case where family uh, and blood is the main focus, the topic, is the situation is different. The context is then different. Usually, and I think the most difficult out of all three would be to have to deal with narcissistic parents who think of you as nothing but their extension. Why? Because in 99... Okay, that's too much. 90% of the cultures around the world uh, think of the family as one of the most sacred things that you can have in your life. And one of the things that you can never possibly ever think about discarding. Even, even if that own, that thing in its own, that thing in itself, abused the fuck out of you until you're really tired and you got bullets all over your body, got arrows surrounding you from everywhere, everywhere, you're bleeding from everywhere, doesn't matter. You still have that thing sacred and you better keep it sacred. And I'm not exaggerating, it's really extremely common and it's more common than we think. Even though maybe statistics show that the amount of people who are narcissistic is very small. I think that's because nurses themselves think they're okay and they choose to not go to therapy and seek professional diagnosis and therapy in the first place. They don't want to see how bad they are or know what it is they're doing to others that is harmful for them. No, actually, it doesn't matter. 
So, which explains the small percentage of people going to therapy that allows research nurses to study the cases and interpret the statistics about that to be so small. It's because there is a huge unwillingness from the narcissists to go and get checked out. They don't want to. They think they're okay. They think they're fine. They think the world is conspiring against them. That's why. Okay. Uh, parentheses that I'd like to close now. So basically, today's episode is inspired by an article from psychcentral.com. And it's entitled, Why Narcissistic Parents Infantilize Their Adult Children. Now, I talked about this infantilization, this term specifically, in a previous episode, uh, the dehumanization, I think it was called, an infantilization of the narcissist. I forgot the title exactly, but if you'd like, you can go ahead and check it out. It's a very emotional and angry episode. If you'd like to go ahead and listen to it, I wouldn't mind. Please do. Um, so, let's begin. So, this can be as direct as making the child feel incompetent every time they try something new. Well, I'm not gonna lie and I'm not gonna make, like, such a dramatic scene about this whole thing, but when you are constantly... constantly made to feel like you're just incompetent, you're a loser, you're not performing enough, you're not doing enough. Every single time you try to get that attention from your parents, because naturally what we seek as children of our parents, young or adult, we still want to look for that love and attention and appreciation from our parents, because they are the ones who brought us into this world. So, obviously, the first people we want to share our good news with, our performances, our successes, our achievements with, are our parents before even our siblings. So, when we try to share our achievements and successes with them, if all we get is that demeaning comment, condescending statement of mate making you feel incompetent, loser, failure, person that doesn't do anything good. It's useless to even think about sharing any successes anymore because that's what we get every single time. We are made constantly, made to feel incompetent every time we try to do something new. Or if it's not just something new, it's something in general. Or when we are improving at it, or when we are trying to do our best in it. No, it doesn't matter. Next, uh, it can be as subtle as always stepping in and offering to do something they can clearly do for themselves, yes. And this is very painful and annoying, especially for adult children. And I know pretty much Generation X, my generation, the millennials generally, 
suffer from this because a huge percentage of adults now in their 20s are still at their parents' house. And with COVID, it's gotten even worse because they didn't even have the chance to move out before the COVID. So imagine that, right? Uh, which sucks. It really definitely sucks. And the thing that really annoys me so much and it just drives me insane is when I can do something, like I can wash dishes, I can freaking clean up my room, I can clean up the house, I can clean up a car, I can throw away trash, I can take care of bills, I can take care of, uh, I don't know, organizing stuff around the house or even outside, like I can totally pay the bills, I can uh take care of myself i can take transport means of transport and i can totally get home safely and it's okay even if it's late i i know how to take care of myself and i know how to manage stuff but still when you're stolen when that thing gets stolen away from you and it takes when it gets taken away from you you feel helpless and incompetent but really, really, it's done intentionally. Like, you can totally do the fucking shit, but you still get that thing stolen away from you. Why would you steal that away from me? If I can talk to X, Y, and Z about being the intermediate in a job, for example, to help me get hired at a certain institution or establishment, and you still get in the way, and you go ahead and do that for me, it can be looked at from a positive perspective and said, okay, yeah, you should be appreciative of the fact that I talked to those people and I went ahead and told them about you and what you can do and your skills and everything but still it's not good either it's not good even if you did it yourself because you stole it away from me you stole my capability of networking with people who can be the potential mediators between me and the potential institution that I want to work for. This is just an example of the several endless examples I can mention. But this is the most potent example because career and getting a job is one of the most vital things that would help someone be independent and grow as a person and become someone with an effective role in society, not just someone's baby, up until they're 20-something or 30-something. Come on. Seriously? But what's really, really annoying about this whole thing is the fact that you're still treated like a baby. Not only are you incompetent when you try something new and they condescend that with their stupid comments and judgmental statements that they tell you, but they also take that away from you. They take that capability 
that potential skill you can formulate yourself, that you can begin making mistakes at first, yes, absolutely, okay, to make errors and mistakes at first when you when it comes to networking, for example, because you're not going to know everyone who's going to support you right from the get-go. You need to make errors. You need to know wrong people before you know the right people are going to get you somewhere. You still get that stolen. And you don't even have the right to complain. You don't have the right to say, no, stop this. This is not working for me. Because you're doing it for me, and it's not helping me grow and become the person you want me to become. Still, you can't do anything about it. Still. And that puts you in the situation where... You are nothing but the extension of your own narcissistic parent. Next would be, and this is, I th- I put it in red because it's extremely important. Unfortunately, this behavior rarely stops even after the child becomes an adult. In fact, it can sometimes become worse as the narcissistic parent fear their children's growing independence and the and the end of their narcissist and become the end of the narcissistic supply and this is extremely important cuz what threatens the narcissist overall is the independence and the discard that they're going to get from the narcissistic supply what threatens their ego and constant need of attention and praise and uh, care and favors all the time is when one day the narcissistic supply decides to leave and decides to abandon the narcissist and decides to start a life on their of their own. No, that would threaten their need for narcissistic supply to which they're addicted. So it rarely stops, even when the child becomes an adult. And the problem with this whole thing is that the narcissist always wants their narcissistic supply to be around, regardless of how shitty and miserable the circumstances are. You're still needed around, whether it be female or male. Still is the case, and it's so shameful and embarrassing to even think about it. If you're in your middle 20s or about to get to your 30s, how would it fucking feel? Would it fucking be a fucking rainbow and fucking blue skies and sun rising and it's shiny everywhere? Wouldn't it be a fucking storm of thunder and rain and wind and a freaking hurricane of anger and frustration and being pissed off and furious about this whole situation? Isn't it? Isn't it supposed to be a freaking storm that leads you, that pushes you to get out of this situation, to get out of this house that you grew up in 
Aren't you supposed to be an independent person? Let's move on with this article and find out what else it has to say. Very delicious and juicy, right? Narcissistic parents do this because they see their child as an extension of themselves. Remember, you're nothing but the extension of the stick they prolong or extend. Okay? Um, if the child begins to realize this, the narcissistic parents will use guilt, trips, control, fear, and any other tactic that they can think of to bring the child back to the line. Okay? Once the child begins to realize how shitty and miserable this fucked up situation is, they will do whatever it takes to make sure they're back on track. With the guilt trips, with the gaslighting, with the devaluation, with the control, with making the world in a very scary, picturesque way, a very scary place to go to, that the only safe place they can stay at is home, that they they will be provided with everything they ask for at home, they won't be finding anything um, necessary that's going to help them become a, a good human being of society outside of home because it's going to be miserable and terrible and people are bad everywhere and nobody's going to help them and they're going to be alone and they're going to be starving and thrown away at the streets and nobody's going to care for them but they're going to be spoiled and pretty much given everything they ask for at home and they will control you and they will tell you what to eat and what to dress and how to go and how to talk and how to walk and how to do stuff and and all the black and white thinking and the distorted reality that they're going to present to you. And I'm going to talk about that in a future episode. But they're going to use every single thing in their way to make you become this small bug that they can crush in the palm of their hand. And you have nowhere to go. Moving on, uh, here are some other, f uh, sorry, tried and true ways narcissistic parents infantilize their adult children. And this is the whole topic, the whole thing is about infantilizing adult children. See the paradoxical juxtaposition of the words? Infantilization of the adult children. How are adult children supposed to be infantilized because essentially adult children are freaking adults they can take care of themselves they can depend on themselves they can be whomever they want they can study the situation critically and they can reflect on themselves and they can depend on themselves regardless of how much they need help they still can rely on themselves regardless of how shitty and bad circumstances are and that's what builds them to become strong people but no they must be infantilized to keep control of them to keep them under control and to have them surrounded and how do we say it choked 
and squandered and limited like rats. Disapproval is a huge, big, enormous thing that the narcissist does to make sure you always stay on track for them and you remain as a rat that they can always experiment on and that is always kept in a cage which they'll, which they'll never get away from. Okay? Disapproval. This can take the form of looks that silently tell you you have failed in their eyes. Remember, I always, I usually, uh, okay. I talked about this. I mentioned this very briefly in so many episodes. I forgot how many are rich. And I talked about those silent stares that you get that represent the disappointment in you that you're nothing but a failure in their eyes. It can be subtle, this disapproval, in the form of silent looks that you have failed in their eyes, okay? Or it can be pointed questions regarding your lifestyle choices or other decisions you have made. And these questions, they can be very personal and very direct. And they can even invade your boundaries. Because they have no boundaries. You shouldn't have any to think about it. Of course, by this time, I understand I'm being sarcastic. I'm not really being true. I don't like not having fucking boundaries, okay? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you wouldn't either. Almost any decision you have made without consulting them will be met with disapproval. Anything, anything that you would do behind your back. Because you think to yourself, okay, as long as I'm happy with this, as long as I'm doing this for myself, if I don't take their consent about it, as long as I'm the one consenting over this, it doesn't matter. But still, it's still disapproved. They do this to try to get you into the habit of running everything past them first. Thus reinforcing their belief that you are incapable of making your own decisions. Yes. Since everything is disapproved of, and everything that you do or say or think of is gonna meet the big no, then that would train you and condition you into making you feel like you can't make any decision unless they approve it for you and that you can't do anything unless they know about it. And this is the problem with enmeshment. This is, another, in other words, enmeshment. And it's a violation of boundaries, a violation of self-respect, and a violation of someone's ability to do something. When they're constantly met with disapproval over the smallest and tiniest things that they do without 
the permission or knowledge of the parents, it still inhibits them from becoming an effective, efficient, self-reliant human being that they want to become. Next, interference. Many narcissistic parents believe they have the right to interfere in their adult children's private lives. This can take the form of telling you who you should date or that you're not allowed to date. Flat out, not allowed to date. And I, if, if you can remember, I talked about this particular thing when I got harshly beaten over over an assumption that never happened that I was maybe sexually uh, assaulted with my own boyfriend at the time. And I was terribly, terribly, violently, strongly beaten. And mind you, my flying monkey sister was pregnant and watching the whole thing happen in front of her. She didn't even dare to stop her or to just cry to even show that she's at least to some point empathetic. No. She still was by her side and still defended her despite the fact that I was the one who got the beaten and got the blame over something really stupid and really just negligible and told, told flat out not to date anyone anymore behind her back. At the extreme end of the spectrum, narcissistic parents have been known to deliberately sabotage their adult children's relationships. Even when they're married, even when they have children, they still sabotage their relationships and they still do that because it's all for control and it's all for domination and seeking that narcissistic supply of feeling like they matter and feeling like they're superior. All to feed that inner sense of grandiosity and sense of huge ego and power and authority over someone. And definitely, finally, excessive criticism. And these, all three, and even more, play a huge role in infantilizing an adult children. Excessive criticism is designed to destroy your self-confidence. Yes, definitely, definitely, without a doubt. Many narcissistic mothers do this to their daughters under the guise of being helpful and offering them advice and caring for them and wanting to be a good mother for their daughters. Oh, fuck that. Fuck you. Hurtful comments regarding your weight, clothing, choice of career, choice of partner, or your ability to be a good parent to your own fucking children are all ripe subjects for the narcissistic mother to show that she knows what's best for you, the daughter, implying that you don't, that you don't know what's best for you, that you don't know how to choose your career, you don't know how to choose your partner, you don't know how to take care of your own children, you don't know shit, and that the narcissistic mother is here for you to take care of you and your needs. 
Although, if I'm pretty sure you also notice this at times, if you're a mother of your own children, you notice also so many times that she will also complain over the fact that she is tired of having to take care of your children. When, for example, you need her to stay around children for some time, for some reason, because you have something to do, or people to visit, or a conference to attend, or a job, or whatever. She complains behind your back, maybe, and maybe in front of you, but still gives you those condescending remarks and comments on your choice of everything. Clothes, diet, career, partner, children, lifestyle, color choice. Everything, everything, everything. Implying that you don't know what's best for you. You don't know how to choose. That you are nothing but an extension of the narcissistic parent be it a mother or a father. And this happens. And believe me or not, this is more common than we can ever count or put in statistics. The people who are courageous enough to talk about this shit, the people who are courageous enough to expose this type of abuse, are rare, but certainly a huge source of inspiration and truth-tellers. And most likely, these people would be either... Most likely, they would be the scapegoats. The people who go through the most amount of abuse. And maybe these people are were, at some point, a golden child who, when they decided to flip the script and tell the truth and go against the rules the narcissist makes, goes against the black and white thinking, against the gaslighting, against the devaluation, be empathic towards people and care for people, genuinely care for people, look out for others, is when they're also scapegoated. And then they will, quote-unquote, turn against the narcissist. And I would say, honestly, congratulations for those people. They truly are the ones to look up to and the ones to help spread their messages and help share their stories together. An infantilization of adult children is way, way too common to put it in numbers. Because it's out there and it's spreading like a freaking cancer. And to put a limit to the abuse to go no contact with your own blood, which I already mentioned that is the most difficult situation because 
you can totally burn the bridges with your previous employers and cut the toxic people, the toxic friends you've had at one time in your life out of your life completely and you'd still be fine. But your own blood is the most difficult thing to do because, again, it's sacred. And it's something that so many people will regard you as a culprit if you ever do so. You're crazy, you're out of your mind, you're acting out of religion, you're not this, you're not that, you're this and that, and and you're not being a good person, you're not a good human being for discarding your family like that, you're going away, etc, etc. Getting all the blame for leaving a situation which puts you in under a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, and a lot of pain. Yet you're blamed for it. Wow. I guess the only word to say that I could say for that is wow. Seriously. <laughs> but still, the only way you could get out of the situation is to go no contact. Seriously. There's no other way to it. You can go no contact emotionally and physically. You still can block them from visiting you, from calling you, texting you, messaging you, visiting you, and also still emotionally block them. You can differentiate yourself from them. Identify your needs and wants and who you are. And once you know that, there's no reason to think that it's difficult anymore. It's, it becomes gradually easier to deal with it. I'd still say going no contact is the best thing people that have gone through abuse, all types of abuse. I forgot what I was saying. I would say going no contact for people who've been through all types of abuse is the best thing they can do. Although it's very painful and filled with guilt and filled with sadness and filled with that trauma bond, which I'm also going to talk about in a future episode, that keeps you bonded to them after leaving. Even though it's difficult and painful and affects your life in every single aspect, is still worth it. It's really worth it. And believe me, if you stay in the environment or society where it's pretty much backwards and... Uh, no, there's actually another word. Um, retarded. When it comes to abuse and narcissistic abuse and narcissistic families and friends and work and everything, when it's still ignorant about psychology and psychological terms and all that entails the terms and concepts of abuse, best it's best that you also leave that 
it's best that you plan a strategic exit plan from that hellhole of ignorant people and people who don't understand what it is like to have to go through abuse and people who tell you that you're wrong for talking about abuse, that it's taboo to say that your family abused you, that it's taboo and forbidden to talk about your family this way, to quote-unquote tell people about your problems. Oh, fuck that. Fuck you. I don't care. I'm one of the people who doesn't care at all about those people. Because what are they going to do to me anyway? I mean, apart from, the, apart from the fact that they complain and that they show that they're not appreciative of this, it's whatever. Still, there are people out there who are getting this message and listening to this shit that I'm talking about and still being appreciative of that. That's what matters to me. At least at some point, I'm leaving a positive imprint in this world. I'm like so many people doing this. And I was inspired by people who have gone through this, but we also talk about this in a professional matter. And it inspired me to go ahead and do this. To go ahead and create a podcast. To go ahead and share experiences that happened to me. And to talk about articles that are shared on the internet. That people actually talk about and read online. I'm proud to be one of those people. And I'm proud to have you listen to this podcast. And I'm proud... That, uh, that people listen and engage. And if one person only, if only one person suggested a topic, hopefully more people will come over and suggest more topics to talk about. And, and more people come over and tell me what's going on with them so that I can help with the best way I can. Hopefully I can be a coach one day. And actually can help people with their problems. As much as I'd love to be helped by a therapist one day, it's all planned. I have a plan for that. And if you're going through this as well, if you have been suffering through this abuse as well, it makes you cry every day or every other day. You're still in that painful phase. Please don't lose hope. Please don't give up. Plan for a day that you're going to go to a therapist who's going to understand your situation and help you cope with this. Because it's not the end of the world. And you still have room to breathe. And there's still a lot ahead of you to go through. Remember to not stay around an environment where you are kept as an infant and made to feel incompetent and made to feel helpless because you can do so much more than what they expect you to do and you can be yourself and you can be around people where you won't feel so lonely 
with anymore. If you can just plan your strategic exit plan, it could just have your life and take care of yourself as the person, as a person you love so much and as a person you appreciate the most and love unconditionally no matter how difficult and hard situations may be. Okay? So, that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed listening and learning something from this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. And if you have any suggestion or topic you want to talk to me about or suggest it to me, please don't hesitate to contact me via the links I'll be posting in the show notes. And if you'd like to help support this podcast and see it successful and thriving, please don't hesitate to support it. I very much appreciate even the smallest amount that you give. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.